Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Hey everybody, welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson, I'm one of the elders here at Generations, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Jeff Lettington. How you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing well. I'm waiting for you to add like crime partner or, you know, here I am with, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm I could good. do trusty sidekick. Trusty sidekick. All right. Is that Tonto to the Lone Ranger? I was thinking Robin to my Batman, but oh, good you know, point. similar. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for t- tuning in today. It's great to have you guys here. Uh, if you've been listening, you know that we are now started a new uh what do we call these? A series, I guess. A new series yeah, of podcasts. Series. That's the term. Yeah. Questions <laughs> from the classroom. Since we're both teaching now in high school and uh, we're both teaching Bible classes, we get a lot of questions. And mm-hmm. so this is our opportunity to uh, answer some of those, probably questions that our listeners have as well. And we're going to dive into some of those today. But let me ask you this to start with. Um, a lot of my students love to... to kind of delve into the hypothetical questions, like what right. if, the what if questions. Is it okay for Christians to focus on those big what-if questions? Yeah, I, I, there's probably a better answer than a yes or a no. There's probably some guidelines or a framework of what hypothetical realm is healthy and what isn't. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's exceptions to what I'm going to say, but um, I think, at least in the case of what we're talking about today, hypothetical questions allow us to play out what if we did things God's way or... What happens when we don't do something God's way? If we, we are probably limited, as soon as we ask that question, we're probably limited to our understanding of things, but in a healthy way, we get to play out an idea. Well, what if we did this God's way? What are the implications? Or on the opposite, right? And on, on the other side of things, what if we don't do them God's way? What might be the implications? And so I think in the case of today, I think it is healthy. Um, I'm sure there's others. I'll give you an example. Um, <clears throat> you know, why did God have to take somebody I love? And we're trying to play out different scenarios that are hypothetical there. There's probably no good answers there. And so there, I'm sure there's unhealthy ways. But in this case, I think this is a good conversation. Great. So let's focus on um, a lot of our students want to know about looking back at the garden and what took place there. What would have happened if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, if they hadn't taken that that fruit, and it leads kids to a lot of different questions. Sure. Right? So the first question a student asked is, if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, would Jesus still exist? All right. So at least they didn't ask, what would we be wearing? Because that might be a different <laughs> conversation. But so did, would Jesus still exist, right? If Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, would Jesus still exist? And I think this is one in the hypothetical realm, because the hypothesis is, what if they didn't sin? But this is a question we can actually answer with 100% surety, and that's not true of everything, right? Uh, especially in the hypothetical realm. But in this one, the answer is clear. And so I want to read two short passages. Uh, one is in the beginning of the Bible. It's the first three verses in the Bible. The second one is the first three verses of the Gospel of John. So Genesis 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, I start here, right? This is before sin. This is actually before Adam and Eve, before the garden, before anything. 
in the beginning, God. So when everything else starts, God already exists, right? That's super important. Uh, what do we call that, you know, kind of the eternal nature of God uh, or the doctrine of aseity, God's self-existence. Uh, but in the beginning, God, and then everything else takes place. That would include heaven and earth, light, stars, planets, including now Adam, Eve, and the entrance of sin into humanity. Verse 2 talks about, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. So we see God the Father, God proper. In the beginning, God. Second verse, we see the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then the third verse, now again, if you only had these three verses of the Bible, you'd never get to this conclusion. But the third verse, and God said, let there be light. So God begins to create, and he does it through speech. Now, we partner that in the beginning of the Gospel of John, where it says this, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, the Word, He, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. So we get in Genesis, in the beginning, God, verse 2, the Holy Spirit, and verse 3, God said. And then we get some more blanks filled in by the author John, the close friend of Jesus while he was alive, and says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word's capitalized there. The Word was with God and was God. So this Word is divine and also with God the Father. Now we learn a lot more by verse 14 where it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we learn that the Word of God, not to be confused with the Bible, the speech of God, not written words. Speech is actually Jesus, pre-incarnate, before he becomes flesh. So I bring that up to paint a picture of the Trinity. Now, God is eternal, no beginning, no end. Predates anything created, including Jesus. So the question is, if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, would Jesus still exist? So yes, the Trinity is eternal, right? Is no beginning, no end, right? When we hear eternal, we think of us living forever, eternal in both directions on the timeline though. No beginning, no end. So Jesus has no creation, no birth date. We think of Jesus incarnate, born in the flesh, but Jesus existed before that. Got it. Yeah. And I think, I think that question comes from, I think students learn about sin Mm -hmm. And then they learn about Jesus and say, oh, Jesus is the solution to sin. So he came along after sin. He was God's solution. But obviously those verses make it clear that he is God, eternal from the beginning. Um, Another question came from that same student wanted to know if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, would we still have the Bible like we have it today? Right, right. And and again, a, a great question. I think we can answer this one with what I'll call 99% 99% surety. So 100%, I'm 100% on Jesus. Now, would Jesus have become flesh? Those are all different questions. But uh, would Jesus exist? Yes. The, the, all the whole Godhead, the Trinity would exist. Would the Bible exist? Now, if we go back to the garden and we look at God creating humanity, right? What happens in the garden, we're not looking at this passage today. What happens in the garden is God gives Adam a way to live. He gives him a way to glorify God, to be obedient. He gives him a a purpose, right? And with all of that, he gives him food, purpose, a way to worship, all those things. And then there's one thing 
that Adam is given that he should not do, they cannot do, right? And the, the choice is Adam's, which I know brings up other questions, but the choice is Adam's, but the command from God comes from God to Adam. You can do all this other stuff. You can eat from all these different trees and these bushes, all the different food that's good for you. You have a purpose. You have a job to do. You have a relationship with God. Don't do this one thing. Don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, for on that day you'll surely die. So we have God's words audibly, right? We have his commands to Adam. We have his guidelines for life. What we don't have is a written Bible, right? We have a direct relationship. Now, what was lost in sin was that direct relationship to God, right? We see God walking with Adam in the garden, with Eve in the garden. We see sin break that, right? We, we watch as it kind of, if you will, that direct presence of God fades out. God talks to Cain and Abel, right? But then the next thing we know, God only appears on occasion. He talks to Abraham. He appears to Moses, but he doesn't appear to me, right? So we see the change over time. And uh, so the Bible, the Bible is the captured story of God's redemption, right? God's creation, fall, right? How God is going to redeem humanity. And so the Bible in the form we have it probably wouldn't exist, The Bible's purpose of sharing redemption with humanity, that wouldn't have to exist. But here's why I would say, no, I don't think any Bible would exist. Because without sin, we'd still be walking and talking with God. So we wouldn't need a book, a prophet, an apostle, a pastor, a teacher, a high school teacher or parent to tell us about God. We would walk and talk with God. So without sin, yes, Jesus and I'm going to go no on the Bible. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, interesting. And again, these, these hypotheticals are just sometimes kind of fun to dig through and see what might have been. Now, this next question, I can't, I'm looking at this, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what was meant by this. The question is, did Christianity exist before Christ? I'm not sure if that meant before Christ existed, like we talked about with the first question, or if it was before Christ you know, came and became man, Ooh, was there Christian? Okay. Like, how would somebody like like Moses wasn't a Christian? Although I get kids saying that. They'll say, oh, right. you know, was Jacob a Christian? So did Christianity exist before Christ? Yeah, so I only read it one way. Uh, or I, let me rephrase. I read it and I only interpreted it one way. You've given me two views of it. And I, I now that you say that, I don't know. So did Christianity exist before Jesus existed then that's a different question. We just said, no, nothing existed before Jesus existed. Jesus is eternal with no creation, right? Um, Did Christianity, the form of worship, exist before Jesus lived and died and rose again, which is really when Jesus became the Christ. Christ isn't his name. It's not his last name or family name. Christ is the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah, meaning He is the fulfillment of God's redemptive promises, right? So Christ implies life, death, resurrection, or incarnation, sinless life, death, resurrection, ascension, return, things like that, right? So Christ implies those things. So Christianity doesn't exist apart from those promises being fulfilled. However, we talk about Moses, right, or Abraham, Uh, we wouldn't call them Christians, we would call them Jews, most likely Jews, right? Um, 
Abraham would be hard to call a Jew because Jew comes from his grandson's name. But that's different, right? That's a whole another conversation. But were they believers in God? Yes. Were they believers in a Messiah? Only a Messiah to come. But there's some interesting verses John, uh, in John. I, I'm thinking off the top of my head now. I, I believe it's in John chapter 6 where Jesus is speaking to some religious leaders and the question is um, about who he is. And he talks about his uh, age or his eternal nature when he says, before Abraham was born, I am. He claims to be in that sentence, one, preexistent, right? Two, he claims to be God. That I am is a very unique wording and it was associated with God. And so uh, those who came before Jesus became incarnate. In other words, born from Mary, lived, died, rose again, ascended, etc., right? Became the fulfillment of God's promises. They still believed in Jesus. They may not have said that name, but they believed in God in that way and his redemptive promises. Jesus says that before Abraham was born, I am. He says, Abraham anticipated, looked forward to my day, and he saw it. So in a sense, yes, in another sense, no, right? Does that make sense? Is that clear? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's clear. It's clear, <laughs> clear that it's difficult to answer, but <laughs> that was great. No, thanks for thanks for clearing that up. So let's let's focus on this. This is the big question. I, when I was teaching Old Testament, we would get to the fall, sure. we'd get to the story, and there was always a kid that would ask, and you kind of touched on it a little bit when you talked about God giving um, Adam a choice, right? Right. right. And, he, and so kids will say, if God is all knowing. If he knows everything, then why put that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden if he knew what was going to happen? Why not just not put it there and keep mankind sinless? Yeah, such a good question, right? And and so we got to admit one thing before we answer the question. One is that we as finite human beings cannot fully grasp or contain an infinite God, right? A God with no limits to capacity, knowledge, or anything else, and then us with all kinds of limitations. We can't fully understand God. But I believe there's still a better answer for this question. And so when God creates humanity, trees, life in general, and the way Adam is to live, he creates a bunch of things that are really good for Adam. There's all these trees and all these foods and all these things that are good. And then there's one thing in the middle of the garden that is prohibited from Adam. And the question is, why that? Why not just remove that tree and we're all good, right? Because the created purpose of humanity is to worship God. And and worship implies not just like sing songs, but that we live lives that glorify God, right? That our decisions are not selfish decisions, but that are theocentric or, or they glorify God, that our purpose is not ourselves, but to glorify God. And so with that, there had to be a way to glorify God. And that way to glorify God is to be obedient to God. And so with obedience as a requirement, disobedience has to be an option. And so you have a command to listen, live your life for me. In order to do that, there has to be an option of living your life, not for me, you know, me being God in this case, right? And so God creates you know, I, I always use the example. I don't know how many trees there were, but, you know, 500 trees, all of them that bear fruit are good, right? And then one isn't. And so when we see this, we see this problem. In the, and it's like, you know, when you smack your thumb and it's swollen and tender and you always seem to t- bounce it off of everything, right? It seems to be the biggest thing in the room, right? 
The tree was just one of many. There were so many ways to be obedient. There was only one way to be disobedient. And so it's actually inverted from how we feel it, right? It's like saying, hey, listen, you can do anything you want. Man, there's all kinds of options, except just don't do the one thing that will kill you. That tree will kill you, right? But it's not like there was one tree to live and 499 bad ideas. Rather, 499 good ones and one bad. But this was to create us to be obedient and to worship God because that's who we are made to be. And so in that, the gospel, Jesus, the Christ, right, the very things we're talking about, come and help us get back to who we are created to be, right? So we are made to be worshipers of God, and then we fail that. And then Jesus comes, and he is a worshiper of God. He is not only God, but he is human, and he lives the life we're called to live. He does it, glorifying God 100%, no fail. And in that, we get to come back to our redemptive, created purpose, that our lives are to be lived for a greater purpose. That purpose is glorifying God. So that had to be there, right? It's kind of like if you say you love your wife and she's the greatest woman ever, but she's the only woman in the world, I don't know if she's buying it, right? But when I look at my wife and say, I've chosen you for a lifetime, there's gazillions of women, I choose you. Now that's love, right? And that's commitment. And so there had to be an option, right? Right. So you're saying when I tell my niece, you are my favorite niece, <laughs> she's my only niece, she's not buying it. Yep. She's, I have a favorite little brother. There you go. Right. There you go. All right. And a favorite uncle. We learned right, right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I love the fact that you stopped on our purpose because our next episode is going to focus on why is it so yeah. difficult to fulfill that? And maybe, I don't know, maybe one day we can talk about why is it that when we're told one thing we can't do, that's the only thing we want to do <laughs> at that point. Don't eat that. Well, I right. wasn't thinking about eating it, but now I have to eat it. So we will, uh, we will wrap it up there. Again, just a reminder, the reason we're doing these is uh, to start conversations, to give you a chance to not only get your questions answered, but to help others who may have questions and you might be able to help them. Uh, we encourage you, share this. Uh, maybe listen to it with someone else and then talk about it and, and see if there's some, some questions that come up, things you can work through together. If you have questions you'd like answered, you can send them to us. The email address is questions at generations.email. And we release a new episode every week and we'll dive into new questions. Usually, like today, we did three questions, but they were all related to each other. So we're going to be doing that again next week. Um, give us a like. Share us with somebody and uh, join us again next week. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.com.